say it enough. This is my favorite part of the service. Come on, we just thank God for what he's doing. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Luke, the 8th chapter, the 4th verse. Luke chapter 8, verse 4. Tell somebody next year, I came to hear from the Lord today. Oh, come on, say it like you mean. I came to hear something of of substance today. Come on, amen. Luke, the 8th chapter. I want to talk today on a topic, really simple topic called caring for my seeds. Amen. Say to yourself right now, I need to take better care. Come on, say it. I need to take better care of my seeds. Luke chapter 8. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on the rocks, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Somebody say moisture. Moisture. Other seed fell among them, the thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seeds fell on good soil, and it came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. And when he said this, Jesus called out, he who has ears... To hear, let him hear. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. Jesus said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to others, I speak in parables so that those seeing they may not hear, though hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. I want you to listen up now. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they, they have no root. They believe for just a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked out by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they never mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by preserving, produce a crop. Rather, by persevering, produce a crop. I don't know and I can't speak for any of you in your life. I really can't. But my desire is that when I hear the word of God, it reaps a harvest in my life. And I want to talk today, you know, I want to talk just about the seeds of God. Amen. Um, I want to talk to you about this word of God that we sow into your life every Sunday. Jesus is going from town to town. He didn't just tell this parable once. He told it multiple times. And he tells this great parable. And he starts off by talking about the seed that is thrown on the path and trampled by men and eaten by birds. As he, as he goes to this, he talks about how the seeds represent the word of God. 
if you, if you have your Bible, you might want to underline that the seeds represent the word of God. Tell somebody, he's going to go somewhere with this. The seed that falls on the path is this group of people who hear about God, know he's real, know that he exists, and without him their life is empty and futile. They're the ones who hear a great sermon, they're touched but never moved. They have God's fingerprints on the outside but never his DNA on the inside. They look as though they, they love the house of God, but they leave the house of God. And this seed is eaten by the enemy. The moment that they leave a church on a Sunday afternoon, any situation will tick them off. They'll be upset by Sunday night, sitting by Monday morning, not caring about what they heard and forgetting what was spoken to them. Can we just be honest today? I just, honesty is the best policy. But we rarely are ever honest. So I don't, I, anyways, ask yourself today. Which group do I fall in? Do I give God a chance in my life? Do I protect the seed that he puts inside of me? The next group he spoke of was a seed that falls on the rocks. This seed grew, but it quickly died because somebody say it had no roots. These, Jesus explained, are the people so excited about God, but never survived the time of testing. These people are the type that will be They'll think that Christianity is going to be a cakewalk. They're what you would refer to, Minister Melvin, as a Sunday Christian. They have no roots and feed themselves spiritually only on a Sunday. When the storms of life come, they're quickly uprooted. And when a, when a wave comes, it washes them away because they have no grounding in Christ. They have no root in Christ. Because the moisture of God's word was never able to, to germinate into the seed of his word. Somebody say amen. They're always excited about God, but always struggling just to serve him and be faithful. This group of people, they're always pumped up about God, so excited about all the things in their life, but never move to change anything in their life. They love God, but don't think they need to change their ways. And they think that God's going to take them and use them just as they are. When God says that he has to change us from the inside out. They survive so long in the churches because they've leashed onto the relationships of other people that they have with God. They leech onto a Joyce Meyer at 5.30 in the morning when they're feeling down, but never crack open the Bible for their own revelation. They'll get onto John Bevere on a, on, a, on a nice Tuesday evening, and they'll listen to all John Hagee and some of the greatest ministers the world has to offer, but they will not open the Bible. They'll read more scripture on a Facebook wall than they will in their own home. That's the generation of Christians we have in this place today, in this world, not just this church, in the body of Christ. We want everybody else to do the work for us, but we desire to reap the benefits of the word of God. Anybody here today? Don't be upset. Just know that you fall into one of these categories. This is a great thing when you know that you fall into this category because you know that you have to change. And by the time you leave here, you have a foolproof plan. Somebody say amen. amen. They love to hear the word but don't live the word. It stimulates them but never impregnates them. It'll move them but never burst something through them. When I read a scripture, it impacts me so deeply that I have to live by it and move something and change something in my life. It doesn't just make me feel good. It makes me live good. And so because the scripture doesn't make me just feel good, it makes me live good. It changes me. No wonder it is that David said over 100 times in the Psalms, teach me your word, O God. 
The Bible describes him as a man after God's own heart. He was not perfect. He was not without sin. He was not blameless, but he desired to know the word of God. Amen? I wish you would just ask yourself how deep your roots really are. I wish you would learn to protect the seed that God is trying to sow into your life every day. His word is powerful. It's true. And it is worth protecting. We have this seed that falls by the thorns. It grows up, but it's quickly choked out by the plants growing around it. This group of people he spoke of absolutely love God with all their heart, but cannot let go of the world. They absolutely love God, but they cannot remove themselves from the position they're in to surround themselves with something new. The apostle Paul said, and I've told you this before, but I think we need a reminder. He said, do not no longer conform, meaning wraps yourself around the world, but transform, meaning wrapping yourself around God from the inside out. And this group of people has no concept of changing their surroundings. And so they're surrounded by, by weeds and they're surrounded by all these fake type of people. All their bad friends, all the people, they don't want to get rid of in their life. And the moment they get excited about God, somebody who's sinful but thinks they're spiritual will just kill them in an instant. And Anybody getting this? And then the people who desire to do the things you no longer have in you, they'll desire to, to try and get you, to tempt you, and want, want you to hang out with them and want you to. But the Bible says you have to really check who you hang around. And, and, and David said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord, because they, he surrounded us with people who love God as much as he did. And I would challenge you that you should surround yourself with people that love God as much as you do. I made up my mind, I would surround myself with folks who love God more than me. Because that would challenge me to love God even more. I, mean, I, I, had, a, I had a 20-minute conversation with a, with a famous guy, and I'm just like having this conversation with this great Christian man. And like I wanted to punch him by the end of the conversation. Like he was just so awesome. Like, you know, nobody, nobody. You ate something so good it makes you want to kick your puppy, nothing. I mean, you know, maybe for some of you, your hairstyle comes out so great you just want to wear it everywhere. You know, I spent about an hour this morning trying to get this thing to stay up. It just would not stay up. I want you to pray for my hair here. It's just, anyways, moving along. This, these people, this type of group, they need to surround themselves with God people. Not good people, God people. Amen? There's this seed that falls on the good soil. It brings forth a hundredfold, meaning a hundred times a fold a fold, if you know what a fold is, a, in agricultural terms, a fold is the life expectancy, the, the actual return value. So suppose you put $1 into the stock market, you expect to get 10 back. That's a fold. But God said it, it gave a hundred fold, meaning it, meaning it gave $1,000 back instead of 100. And so, and so he says, some people, I drop my seed into them, and it gives them a 1,000 times more in their life. And those are the people who love God. They're usually the leaders of a church, the cornerstone, the pillars of a church. They're the folks who love God with all their heart, who will do anything and usually do. They're the overachievers in faith, and they constantly find new ways to stay on fire for God. They always trust God and believe God, and they are the people that stop. They may spend a moment in doubt, but quickly recover believing God's word. These are the folks who are really, really, they're the ones you call when you need Jesus. That's them. The folks who really love God, where the, where the word of God is just sprouting forth into life, and the world can see it. They care about the seed of God's word, and they protect this seed. They nurture the seeds of God in their lives, and they are the pillars of what you stand on in this church. I don't know about you, but I desire 
I desire with all my heart to see a good fruit in my life. So I came to ask you a series of questions. And question number one, if you're taking notes, you want to take this down. You can look at this all week long. What kind of ground do I have? That's a good question. Do I have, am I just a sidewalk? Like they throw in the path and people walk on my seat? Am I, uh, am I the type of person who, who is like a falling on the rocks where I have all these bad surroundings? I love God. How many of you love God with all your heart? I, I really believe that most of you love God with all your heart. But I think sometimes our surrounding has more of an effect on us than God does. Yes, no, yeah? I don't know about you. I want to see God move in my life. Okay, some people on the first row wanted to see God move. Mike, I don't know about anybody else in this building. I know that I want to see God do amazing things in other people's lives. Amen? For God always leaves a way out of anything. No matter what you surround yourself with, God always leaves a door out. God is a way. He's the way where there is no way. The Bible says he opens doors that no man can open, closes things that no man can close. And so my question to you, second question, if you close that, you know, if you're done with sin, then why is that door open? So maybe God didn't actually close it in the first place. Did you actually let God close some of those doors in your life? That's the second question. Did you really let God close those doors? Because if you did, you would not be struggling with them anymore. For what God opens, no man can close. And what God closes, no man could open. And so when we struggle with things, we have to beg the question, did God really close that door? I don't know if we understand. Jesus said in in Luke 8, the word of God is a seed. The word word seed in Greek is the word spermata, which is where we derive the English word sperm. And so he said the word of God is a seed. It has the ability to impregnate you. You didn't get that. Janet, they weren't excited about that. When you sow the word of God into your life, it has the ability to bring forth something and birth something spiritually in your life. The word of God is powerful. I told you Friday, the word of God is so powerful that the Bible does not say that God walked in the garden. The Bible says his voice walked in the garden. As a matter of fact, in the Hebrew, the Bible says the voice of God haunted Adam. God never stepped foot in the garden. It was his voice. The word of God is powerful. The seed of God is powerful. I need you to understand this. Ever since the fall of man, Satan has been against your seed because God said in Genesis chapter 3 that the man's seed shall be against the woman, actually the woman's seed shall be against the devil's seed, and the devil's seed shall be against the woman's seed. So ever since the beginning of time, he has been after the seed of God. I really need you to get this today. He's after the seed of God. That is why when you come to church, hear the word of God preached and spoken into your life, you can answer an altar call, but leave here and be bombarded with all types of circumstances. Has anybody ever come to a great service and walked home to just a hellhole? You were just struck by every, dis- every type of disaster, every type of hurt in your life. Every, every ex-boyfriend called you. Every ex-girlfriend cheated on you called you. Every baby daddy called you. All the bill collectors on a Sunday afternoon, bill collectors. Sister got you upset. Mom got you mad. Kids just tore your house up. You want to just choke those little suckers? And you're just like, no, I just went to church today. And some of us have those moments where we're like, I went to church today. I don't want to choke you right now. And when somebody says you're lucky I went to church, they're, they're right there. They're that close. Just a, 
just, we, we have those moments. We have the realest moments with God where we don't doubt God for a second. Wake up on a Monday morning, something bad happens, and God, where are you? What ground is your seed falling on? Anybody with me today? God's word is a seed, and it is powerful. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, that by his word, meaning the seed of God, by his word, he impregnated the earth, and he made all of creation simply by his word. You with me today? Amen? The word of God, a.k.a. the seed of God, can revolutionize your life. The word of God can change your life. I think that you should spend a quality amount of time reading the Bible this week. I got three people going to read their Bible this week. I know life is busy. I know the hustle and bustle of things that we get tied up. But we should spend some quality time with something that will really, really benefit our spirits. Amen? Amen. Genesis 3.15 says, I will put enmity between thee and the woman. Between your seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Women, I've told you before, the devil, listen to this, women, the devil is afraid of everything that God can birth out of you. Not just children. The devil is afraid of every spiritual and physical seed that he can take out of you. No wonder it is that 50 million babies have been killed in America alone through abortion. He's after the seed. He'll kill 50 million to get to five who would change the world. The devil's after your seed. I think that we should fight harder to keep the seed of God alive in our lives. The devil has no no desire to fight a Bible-believing and reading church. The devil has no desire to fight a church that's impregnated with the word of God. He has no desire to go against someone who knows the word of God just as good as he does. The devil has no desire to read. He has no desire for you to read the word of God. The Bible says, the Bible says in Genesis that when God spoke into the darkness, when God spoke into the darkness, light came about. And the darkness could not understand it. The Bible says darkness could not comprehend the word of God. And so when I hear someone tell me, I can't read the Bible because I don't understand it. I am inclined to believe there's a shroud of darkness over your life because only darkness cannot understand the light of God's word. And so my question, what are you doing with the seed that God has given you? What are you going to do with the seed that God gives you? When Jesus was tempted after his baptism, it was the word of God that he used to combat the devil. He used the seed, the word of God. It's no coincidence that God desires to use the word of God through you. The Bible says that his word is more powerful and quicker than any two-edged, double-edged sword. The Bible says that that God's word is stronger, faster, sharper, and quicker than any double-edged sword. You know, in the original Greek, what that really means is that when you speak it and God speaks, it becomes a double-edged sword. And if you would speak the word of God, you would see breakthrough and miracles happen in your life. If you would just give God a chance, if you would crack open that old book. That's been on the best-selling list of all time. Who was written by the creator, the CEO of the universe. If you would just open that up and read a couple of verses, it'll revolutionize your life. It will mess you up. You won't be the same person. That's what some of us need. We don't need to be the same person anymore. John 1, 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Then the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, meaning the Word of God, and without Him, meaning the Word, was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness could not comprehend it. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Do you understand God's word? Jesus, he's the firstborn of God. The Bible refers to him as the firstborn of God. Not just because he was born of Mary, but because he was born on the first day of creation when God said, let there be life. The word of God went forth. According to the Bible, at the approximate speed of light, 186,000 miles per second, the word of God proceeded from his mouth. And life was created. When God spoke, it was so fast it created light. I don't think you understand this. It was so powerful, light was created. Could you imagine a caveman with fire? I mean, that's what God did. Like, whoa, well, look what I just did. Exactly. Just, I need you to understand this. God's word is a seed. And so when I read the word of God, there's a series of things that I have to do with it. I have to plant it in my life. Jesus said in this parable that the word of God is the seed. I have to keep reiterating this. The word of God is the seed. 1 Peter 1, verse 23, having been born again, not of corruptible and incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever, God's word is alive. Peter said we are reborn by the word of God. Our seed is planted in us, and we are reborn. God's word is alive. John 6, 63 in the spirit, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and the words are life. God's word. Somebody say, God's word is life. They contain life. The words in your Bible may look lifeless and powerless, but so do seeds. But they are not without life or power. Listen to what Jesus said in Mark 4, verse 30. And he said, whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what shall we compare the kingdom of God? He said, it is like a grain of a mustard seed. Second time, he compares the kingdom of God with a seed. This is, this is amazing. Which then is sown into the earth. It's less than all the seeds that be in the earth. But when it is sown, it grows up. It becomes greater than all the other trees. And it puts out forth great branches so the fowls of the ear may lodge under the shadow of it. Jesus likens the kingdom of God as to a seed. In other words, if you would plant it in your life, the kingdom of God would come through you. I told you a thousand times, God never came. Jesus never came to introduce to us a church. He came to bring a kingdom. And the kingdom of God is through his word. I want to discuss with you 11 very quick facts that you need to know about your seed. Amen? And we're going to get out of here. If you're taking notes, right number one, a seed contains life. When you hold a seed in your hand, your physical senses are incapable of judging whether a seed is alive or not. You can't see the power. You can't feel the life. You can't smell the life. You can't taste the life. The only way to prove a seed is alive is to plant it. You may read the word of God and don't feel it has nothing for you. You may not see the power in it until you practice it in your life and bury it in your spirit. Give it time. It'll grow and bring forth fruit. There's power in the word of God. 
but you have to plant it in your life. Somebody say amen. The best way to plant the seed of God's word in your life is by speaking it to others. Hearing others speak the word of God is great, but it'll only produce a fruit in you if you speak it. Romans 10.10, for with the heart one believes to righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. Whatever you need to be saved from or delivered from is waiting to happen if you would plant the seed with your mouth. You know, number two is very important. A seed does nothing, a seed does nothing until you plant it. You know, my father used to have a little bit of grass seed. We gave that up really quickly. We were playing basketball in our backyard, and me and my brother killed all the grass in the backyard. He had grass seed, but it always stayed in the basement, and so it never produced nothing. He could have planted it any time. He could have, it was there for years. You still could have planted it. But he never planted that seed, so it never produced life. If you never, ever plant the word of God in your life, it will never produce life, and you can always say the Bible is dead. But if you would plant it in your life, number three, this is, this is good. A seed is much smaller than the plant it produces. The problem you face may seem big. In comparison, the scripture may seem small. But when you plant it, it will grow and overcome all of your problems. The scripture will grow and overcome all of your problems if you would just plant it properly in your life. Number four, a seed always produces after its kind. Do not be deceived, Galatians 6. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he shall reap. Whatever you need, you need to speak a scripture for it. You need faith, talk about faith to yourself in the word of God. You need finances, begin to research about finances in the Bible. Jesus talked more about money than he talked about anything else in the Bible. More than miracles, more than salvation, more than the kingdom of heaven, more than anything, Jesus talked about money. If you don't believe me, read the Bible, challenge me. This would be perfect. You can go home and read the Bible. Jesus talked more about finances and money than anything else. Number five, a seed is powerful. As a seed begins to grow, it'll push up dirt, rocks, cement, whatever obstacle is in its way. You ever seen in the parking lot in our church, this grass going to the cracks? That's some serious seed. That's some really serious grass. I don't know what kind of grass that is, but that's the kind of grass I want in my yard. It'll go straight through a brick. It's some good seed. That's how the word of God is. No matter what the obstacle, if you would plant it in your life, it'll push past it. It'll work through it. No matter what it is, God's word will work through it. A seed grows in secret. Yeah, that's six. A seed grows in secret. You have to plant it. You're not going to see it grow. You won't see it begin to manifest. Blessings never start in your home. They start in somebody else's, and then they bring it over to your house. Your problem is you want it to happen at home. You want to see God do everything. God says, let me work in secret. And one day you begin to see that plant just come out of the ground. One day you see the shoot of a grass. Last night my wife just calls me screaming, I have a baby. I'm like, whoa. I'm on the phone. I'm like, I got to go. This is garbage. There's some really garbage going on in my house. The devil is a liar. And I run over to her like, what are you talking about, woman? And she's, she's sitting next to her plant that she bought against my better judgment because I hate plants. And she's like, look, it's growing a new leaf. <laughs> Took everything. That was one of those moments. Just, really? That's what? And it's growing a flower, too. Look at honey. Look. 
I have babies on my plant. I don't even like your plant. I don't care. But you know, she was excited. Why? Because after a while, she saw it grow. She always watered it, always took care of it. She never opened the dirt to see if something was coming up. She let the seed grow in secret. And when it was ready to be revealed, it exposed itself. (laughs) You got to let the word of God grow in your heart in secret. And when you least expect it, it'll come your way. It'll expose itself. It'll come in a manifestation of blessing, no matter what it may be. That's the word of God. You with me today? Number seven, a seed takes time to produce. No one expects a seed to produce a harvest the same day except for Christians. No one expects a seed to produce a harvest in one day. A farmer doesn't plant seed one day, go outside next day, wait a minute here. What's going on? I just planted wheat yesterday. That's crazy. No, there's like a three-month waiting period for it to come to full growth. When you plant the word of God in your life, be patient. It is not going to happen overnight. For those of you who prayed for your family, you didn't pray for them one or two days. I prayed for some folks for years and, and years. I was after the Valley family for years. I was after Minister Rose for years. I was after Teresa for years. I almost, I almost gave up on them. I, I told this before. I, I, I went home to my father one day and my, my words were, screw them. Every time I go over there to pick them up for church, they don't want to come. They tell me, pick me up in the morning. I go. Oh, we're not going today. You could have called me. They were too busy sleeping on my way over there. Walk in that house. I walk into every bedroom shaking people. Get up, sinner. Come to church. Jesus loves you. I would go into the room, and, and Rose always just smart. I only had her door locked. Just, no. Teresa, No. Manny, no. None of them. And one day I went, I went home to my father and said, Dad, I've been trying so hard with these people. They don't get it. They're just going to go to hell. Somebody has to go to hell. Just... He said, no, you can't give up on people. I'm like, no, I think Diana was telling me, so you can't. She's like, Felipe, you cannot give up on people. And I'm like, no, I try so hard to waste my gas. It's crazy. And that was back when it was like 197 a gallon. <laughs> just... Nowadays, just forget it. But you know what? God was able through years, he reaped the harvest in my life. And you know, I'll be honest truth, I told you before, me and many hated each other. Now we're the best of friends. The only one I liked in the whole family was Teresa, and, and I still love her. But you know what? God has used that family more than anybody to benefit my life. You can, it takes time for seeds to grow. It takes time for things to happen. If anybody here is praying for people in your family, give them time. You know, I remember little Carmen came up to me one day and said, I want to pray for my father to come. And two weeks later, I mean, that was like it. It was like popcorn. We just put that one in the microwave and it just. <laughs> but I see him here and I see him worshiping. And why she said today, it blesses my heart. And so don't, don't give up on people. Don't give up on anybody. Amen. What are we on, number eight, Mike? You keeping count, Mikey? Eight. A seed never gives up. It works day and night. When you're sleeping, your seed is working. When you're resting, God's word is growing in you. 
When you've given up, it's still fighting. When you've given in, it's still working to keep you from sinning. The word of God always works in the background trying to keep you alive in Christ. The word of God never gives up on you. You give up on God. You give up on church. You give up on worship. But the word of God always is pulling and tugging at you. saying, I got a seed here. I got a seed here. And one day when you least expect it, that seed comes out of the ground. You say, you know what? God, I need you. I need you in my life. Somebody say amen. amen. Number nine is really important, Mikey, because I know you're, you're faithful with notes. Mikey, number nine is important. A seed is not affected by other seeds. Yeah, yeah, Eddie. A seed is not affected by other seeds. This is really important. You should, you should put this in your pocket promise Bible. This is another one. Whatever happens to the other seeds around you does not make any difference on your seed. Each seed sticks to its own task. At no point will a lemon seed say to an apple seed, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you with that apple tree over there. At no point does an orange tree sit there and say, you know what, I want to I wanna be an oak tree today. Each seed does its own job. And so when somebody else puts some bad seed into your life, the good seed pays no mind to that garbage they put into your life. It still grows up in God. It still matures within you, putting no mind to the bad seed. You getting that? A seed is not affected by other seeds, Mikey. You with me? A seed is never discouraged. Somebody say amen. The word of God, the seed never quits in your life. The only thing that can make a seed die is if you dig it up or you don't take care of it. A seed is never affected by another seed. Can I take that a little bit further? Parents, you should never be affected by how bad your children are. Yo! Kids, you should never be affected by how bad your parents are. I know the whole household is saved, but somebody's dropping cuss words at some point. Just because your mama said something bad, don't make her the devil. And just because your kid does something bad, don't make them evil. A seed is not affected by another seed. Just because your husband got you mad, don't mean you can be upset. A seed should not be affected by another seed. Likewise, husband, you should not be upset because your wife got you mad. A seed is never affected by another seed, except for Christian seeds. It's crazy. Well, you do it, so I do it to you. That's how we live these days. Instead of doing to others, you should have them doing to you. Church, a seed is never, event. a seed is never affected by anybody else. Veronica's Christianity cannot affect yours. It just can't. Randy, your Christianity cannot affect me. It has no bearing on my seed. I am a Christian with or without you. With or without you, your seed does not affect anybody but you. And so if you have bad seeds, you need to do some work in your life. A seed will stop growing without nourishment. Planting a seed is not enough. My wife has to water that stupid plant almost every other day. It's not stupid. Does it have a name? It's a peace lily. It's a peace lily. And so this peace lily, she has to, you know, water it every couple days. Without the nourishment, it would die. I have a little fish in, my, in some vase in my kitchen. His name is Stepin or something like that. And this fish, every time I go to wash a dish, which is rare, um, <laughs> settle in, settle in. 
Every time I go to the sink, put it that way, he's just staring at me. And I'm like, did we feed him today? Anybody have goldfish or like that? Just Ever forgot to feed your goldfish and then suddenly the goldfish comes floating to the top? It's weird. <laughs> but that's kind of how seed is. When you forget to nourish it after season, the time with the wind blowing back and forth, it'll come right to the top. It'll come right to the top. I love it when I go to someone's house and they're trying to grow grass and there's seed all over on the top. I'm just like, yeah, that's not going to work. You kind of have to just turn to dirt or something. I mean, I'm not a gardener. I don't have green thumbs. I mean, I don't do physical labor. I'm a pastor. I preach and teach. Um, but uh, you, you know what I mean? Like, there has to be something more than just throwing seed. You have to bury it in your life. You have to nourish this word of God. You have got to nourish the word of God in your life. You know, the word of God... This is amazing. The Word of God is the most healthy thing you could ever input into your spirit, and yet you still have to take care of it. Doesn't matter how good something is, you have to maintain it. Amen? Amen. Number 11, this is for you, Mikey. That was 10. Oh, this is, we're not doing metric system. I mean, just kidding, Sarah. I got you, Sarah. Number 11, the more seeds planted, the greater the harvest. 2 Corinthians 9 and 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. You sow a little bit of time in God, God gives you a little bit of time. Whatever you sow in Christ, he will give you of that number, amen? You sow one, don't expect 10,000. I sow my time to God. I, I try and spend time every week with God. It may seem like we've heard some of this stuff a thousand times, but we need to understand that we have to spend time with God. Amen? I desire that every single word of God that I read falls into my life and bears fruit. Anybody there? Anybody you want the word of God to bear fruit in your life? You should desire the word of God to come forth. The question you have to ask yourself today, are you letting the word of God fall on good grounds in your life? Are you letting the word of God change you? Are you letting the word of God infiltrate, impregnate you, and begin to birth awesome things of God in you? If you are struggling, if you are hurting, if you are desiring God to do more, God is desiring you to do more. I've told you a thousand times a rule of thumb, what you expect from God, I think God expects from you. Communication, love, affection, quality time. God desires you. I, I don't know if you can understand that God, Renati, God desires you. No matter what you've done, people, no matter what it is, God desires to bless you. God desires to work in you. God desires that his seed would be taken care of in your life. You know, I want you to leave today with the, with the thought process that i got to take care of the word of God that I put into my life. I must take care of the word of God that is in my heart. I must take care of the word of God that I will read this week, hopefully. God knows. I must take care of all these things. For if I ever expect to grow in Christ, it will come from within, not from without. I don't know about you, but I have the deepest desire in my life to see God do great things. I get so excited about thinking what God wants to do. I woke up this morning at 6.30, hyper as heck for no reason. You know, honey, are you up? No, okay. Just, I was hyper. 
6.30 in the morning. I never wake up that early. Usually I have to crawl out of bed. And just, but I really have the joy of the Lord this morning. I was so excited about God. And I sat there and prayed, and I said, no, I don't want to pray. I'm not going to pray. No, I'm just mad and happy. I'm serious. I just started talking to God. I said, you know, God, I'm having such a great time just sitting here with you. Isn't that crazy? I'm just laying in bed, talking to God. I mean, Diana, I was just like, I love you, Jesus. And it was so awesome. And I felt the presence of God when I got into my car. When I, when I, when I walked into this church, all the praise and worship team, it was like everybody had fire shot the turbo this morning. Because we've been planting the word of God in our lives. We've been letting the word of God just grow up in us. We've been letting the, God, the word of God mature in us. And we understand the word of God is extremely powerful. The word of God is, is efficient. It is effective. And it is powerful in your life. Amen. I want you to stand with me right now. You know, my hope today is that you would give God a fighting chance in your life. Amen? My hope today is you would give God a real chance in your life. That you would give God a real fighting chance with his word. And you're like, come on, every head nodded, every eye closed. Come on, dear Heavenly Father, we just come in agreement right now. We ask you, Father, that your word be manifested in us. We ask you now, Holy Spirit, that you would have your way. You know, Lord, if anybody in this place is struggling, even just your word in their life, if we're struggling, Father, even with just reading your word, seeking you, showing you how much we care about you and how much we love you, Father, we ask you now to strengthen our minds that we may have a desire and a hunger for your word, God, that we may be excited, Father, about your word, that we would protect the seeds you give us, God, that we would really plant your word into our lives, that we would stand on faith and not just always be doubtful of you. Father, that we would believe your word. Father, that we would just totally put our trust in you. Father, that we would have a deeper relationship with you, a better connection with you. Lord, I know that's our prayer today, Father, that you, you would totally have your way. That we can wake up every day excited about life because there's a harvest coming through me. That I can wake up every day just feeling great about you, God, because there's a harvest coming up through me. That I can go every night, God, and when my head hits the pillow, I'm excited, God, because you know what? I've had a great day in you, and I know tomorrow will be even better. God, no matter how crazy it may sound, that we would fall deeper and deeper in love with you. God, that we would know you on a whole different level. God, that we would see you in a whole different light. For your glory, God. Come on, that's your prayer. Begin to talk to him right now and say, God, I need something deeper. God, I want something more in my life. I don't want a surface Christianity. I don't want that surface stuff. God, I want something a little deeper. We just thank you, Father God, right now. We thank you, Lord, for those who are truly desiring more of you, for those who will let this word fall on good soil, God, for those, God, who will truly be changed and transformed, God, for those in this place, in this house, God, who desire a deeper connection, God. Not just a casual Christianity, but an intimate level of relationship with you, God. God, we desire that from your presence. God, we desire that from your glory, God. 
We thank you for this service today. We thank you for all the visitors who decided to come out today, God. We thank you for all the people in this place, God, who are just worshiping you and came to live for you, God, to love you, God. We thank you for all these things, Lord. Come on, in the name of Jesus, we pray, amen.